BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone. My name is Jack Rico, and thank you for listening to episode 37 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. This is the show for those of you who love to live on the intersection of American and Latino pop culture. This week, we're talking Latino MMA with former WWE champion Alberto Del Rio, who is now president of Combate Americas, one of the biggest rivals of the UFC. They're doing a huge fight event in Miami on July 27th around the Real Madrid-Barcelona Soccer Clasico, and it's a game changer for the company. And we also tackle the new Transformers, The Last Night movie. Is it so bad that it's good, or is it so bad that it's, well, bad? <laughs> that and a recap of the top headlines in U.S. Latino pop culture happening this week. One of the largest MMA companies in the world is Combate Americas, and they are gearing up for a major event in Miami July 27th around the Real Madrid versus Barcelona Clasico soccer game. Two fighters, one from Barcelona and the other from Madrid, will face off to see who of the two will triumph as victor. To get all the details of the match and the event, we have on the phone Alberto El Patron, who is the president of Combate Americas. Alberto, I hear you and understand you're in Disney with your kids. <laughs> yes, my friend, I'm here under the sun. It's probably over 100 degrees. There's like zillions and zillions of people. I've been waiting in line to see those uh, beautiful, hideous princes for like <laughs> nine hours. <laughs> for my kids, my kids are having a, having a blast. My kids are having a blast. And uh, I mean, of course, everything is, everything is worth it after... Seen, um, my, uh, seen that big smile in my in my kids' face. We know your kids are having fun, but are you having fun at Disney? Are you a big kid at Disney when you get there? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, not, I mean, not not right now because uh, <laughs> at this moment I'm here just for my kids. I'm not gonna have time to go and enjoy the rides, but of course I love Disney. I mean, who doesn't? Right. But uh, but today today it's all about my kids. That's great, man. Listen, I've been I've been seeing you all over television. And you've been promoting the new Combate Americas Clásico. Uh, I want you to tell me more about this. It's happening July 27th. Huge, huge game-changing event for Combate Americas, which is the Latino MMA that's giving UFC a, ra a run for their money. 
Tell us a little bit about what's going on on July 27th in Miami. Yes, of course. I was um, um, yesterday and the day before I was in Miami promoting uh, this amazing event that Combate is about to have in, uh, in uh, Miami, Florida. And, um, and the name of the event is Combate Classic. This is because uh, we're going to be doing this the same week when Real Madrid and Barcelona are going to be playing wow. El Clásico in Miami. And we're actually going to be doing the same. They're going to have the El Clásico in the field, and we're going to have El Clásico in the cage because we're <laughs> going to have a, a, a fighter from Barcelona and a fighter from, from Madrid fighting, going at it inside the cage. And we're also going to have um, some other fights with uh, with other amazing athletes, amazing fighters from the company. So one of the great things that I've heard about Combate Clásico happening in Miami is that not only are you having a Real Madrid and a Barcelona fighter, but you're also doing countries versus countries. It's almost like a World Cup, nation versus nation, but MMA. Is that true? Yeah. Yes, of course. We combat the Americas. We're always innovating. We're always trying to find the next thing, the next, uh, the next big fighter, the next big event, uh, the next uh, big main attraction that will make the, the the MMA fans more and more into more interested into combat the Americas. Or if they don't enjoy MMA, we're trying to 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 make them uh, make them become fans of the sport let's talk a little bit about right before i let you go let's talk about why why mma is growing so fast i understand that you guys are already beating the ufc in r television ratings in mexico congratulations on that <laughs> yeah that's amazing because uh when i started working um for combate as a president and uh in conversations with my good friends joe from mary and uh campbell mclaren i was telling them I promise you that we're, that we're going to be beating UFC in Mexico at uh, at the end of 2017, and um, and I'm just I'm I'm at this moment I'm super happy. I'm I'm just I, I mean I, I don't even have words to express how happy I am because in only four months we're having better numbers than uh, than that so-called the biggest company of the world UFC in Mexico. And why do you think that is, Alberto? Why do you think t people are tuning in so much to, to these MMA fights? It's just the Mexican fans, they can see that we, we really care. We care for the Latin fighters. We care for the Latin audience. We care for the Mexican fighters and audience. And, uh, and, and the other companies, they just they just interested in their money. Of course, we want the money, but, but we want all the fighters, all the fans to do well, and they, they can see that. You can, there's something you cannot do in this business. You cannot lie to the fans. They can see through you and they can see what when you're being honest and when you really want to, to help the product, not just for the money, but just for the, for the simple reason that you want them to succeed and do well. That's fantastic. So just to kind of wrap up, uh, July 27th, what can the fans expect in Miami from El Combate Clásico? And why should they buy their tickets and why should they be there? Oh, it's, it's going to be amazing. To be honest, I think this is going to be the best Combate Americas event ever. I know we say this wow. every single month, every single event, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure all of our fighters are going to do what they always do. Give us more than 100%. And just because of the fact that we did um, we're having that uh, classical inside the cage. We have that that match that was supposed to happen, that fight that was supposed to happen months months ago between Kira Batara and Vanessa Rico. Uh, 
is, is going to make this event amazing. Vanessa Rico against Kiravatara. As you know, Kiravatara didn't care months ago. I didn't care that she she was supposed to be the main event. She was supposed to be the one carrying the ball for the company. She cracked under under pressure, and now she's gonna she's gonna have to show the world that she has what it takes. Yeah. And uh, and uh, when when it comes to to Vanessa Rico, I love the girl. She's fantastic. She came prepared, so that tells you that fight is gonna be an amazing fight. And I'm uh, and I'm hoping for that fight to be the best one of the night. And uh, and uh, just in general, Combate Americas is going to be fantastic. Combate Clásico is going to be amazing. July 27, Miami, Florida. Alberto, el presidente de Combate Americas, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Remember, guys, July 27th in Miami, it's going to go down unlike anything you've ever seen in MMA history. Uh, Alberto, thank you so much and enjoy Disney, man. I, I will, my friend. And one more <laughs> thing. Don't forget Campbell and Alberto, el presidente, are going to be there for Combate Clásico to camp. And as you know, Camel, when Alberto and, and Camel are together, something great, something fun, something crazy is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alberto, enjoy Disney, Mickey Mouse, and the rest. I hear that they got the new Pandora from Avatar that just opened up there. I hope you check it out, man. Bye, my friend. Bye. See you in Miami. It's time for Jack Did. Let's begin with the top movie news of the week. Daniel Day-Lewis says he's quitting acting. Warner Brothers is scaling back on their movie budgets. Han Solo's spinoff film loses its directors. Will we see more Latinos in starring roles in Hollywood? A new CAA study says diverse casting increases box office profits. Patty Jenkins is already working on a Wonder Woman sequel. In TV news, Marvel's The Defenders will premiere globally on Netflix on August 18 at 12.01 a.m. A Watchmen TV reboot is in the works at HBO. NBC's This Is Us will return September 26. Netflix will let viewers pick a plot in a new episode of The Adventures of Puss in Boots. And Jennifer Lopez is back in Brooklyn to film Shades of Blue for NBC. Switching over to music, Jay-Z has a new album titled 444 arriving exclusively on streaming platform Tidal. Rolling Stone magazine names Juanes' new visual album Mis Planes Son Amarte one of this year's 50 best albums so far. Jay Balboa approaches 6 billion total views on his YouTube channel. Just confirmed, Enrique Iglesias, Cinco, will perform on Univision's Premio Juventud with Wilmer Valderrama, Jake T. Austin, and Diane Guerrero presenting. And Yoko Ono finally gets a song credit for Imagine. Imagine all the people And in digital and social media news, car maker Tesla is in talks to create its own music streaming service. Time Warner will spend $100 million on Snapchat original shows and ads. YouTube is going to have over 50 shows of original content by end of year, which includes Ellen DeGeneres, Kevin Hart, and Demi Lovato. YouTube launches 180-degree virtual reality videos, and Instagram Stories is now used by 250 million people compared to 150 million from Snapchat. For my world to live, 
All right, we are here inside the IMAX theater of the AMC Lowe's Lincoln uh, Theater on 68th and Broadway, New York City. Uh, I'm uh, sitting next to Mike Sargent. Uh, and his friend, your name is? Bailey Camacho. Bailey Camacho. Uh, lights just went on from uh, the Transformers the last night for Michael Bay. It's the last film he's done. Uh, guys, Bailey, Mike Sargent, initial reactions. Well, I feel like this was like every summer blockbuster rolled into one. You know, you've got uh, drones that look like Star Wars. You've got King Arthur in there. You got dragons. You've got uh, fighting Very robots. Very mythological. You got fighting robots. You got Nazis. You got. It's like they just they like, throw everything you can think of in there, and maybe <laughs> something will stick. <laughs> So, I mean, it's shot fantastically. I, I mean, I read a lot about how uh, Michael Bay initially didn't want to work with 3D to begin with uh, when he was doing 3 and 4, but he worked with James Cameron. Right. So there's even some abyss and James Cameron stuff thrown in here. I mean, literally, there's a little of every summer movie of the last 30 years. <laughs> Bailey, uh, initial thoughts? I think it's geared for children. Yep. And... Uh, I agree with Mike Sargent. It was way too many things added on to make it seem like it's something, and it didn't really stick. I visually, it's one of the most yeah, epic visual films I think I've seen. Uh, but there is such a thing as a CGI overload. So much of this movie made no sense to me. Uh, characters were introduced out of nowhere. No, no, there was a moment where they're, Mark Wahlberg is in a plane in a spaceship and the little girl who looks like Selena Gomez, which they're trying to make into the new, I guess, mini Selena Gomez, Jennifer Lopez sort of uh, hybrid. And she comes out of nowhere in the spaceship and, and Mark asks her, what are you doing here? She says, I don't know. And, and I thought that that was a great summary for a lot of what was happening in the film. She was echoing, I think, what a lot of people in the audience were thinking. This was an abomination in terms of dialogue. This was terrible in terms of plot sequence, things making any sense. Where do you rank Transformers the last night well, amongst say, the I, rest I of the Michael Bay films? Definitely better than the last one. Okay, the last one was god-awful. Uh, at least this one tried to... to, to not only tell a story, advance the characters a little bit. Uh, I'd probably say first one's the best one, third one's pretty good, second one, you know, it's pretty bad, right up there with two and four are a tie. Probably under one, two, it's probably that, but again, it's just a mess. Overall, uh, this is a movie that is going to make millions of dollars. Oh, it's a film that uh, is going to be looked upon as one of the great CGI epic blockbuster films. Uh, I think that Michael Bay actually probably went out with a bang. Yes, but this, th this, <laughs> this, these types of films, with the way they're done... And the dialogue and the acting and Mark and, and it, it, it just, oh, I'm stunned at, at how bad that those those portions were. So, 
No, <laughs> it wasn't. I There's people who are going to like it. There's people who are going to like it. People are going to... Well, they were laughing at how bad it was. Well, you know, here's another thing. Here's another thing about transfer. Yeah, no, no. I think so. Not the last one. Well, it's... Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to dissect all of them. That's, that's, you know, that's not saying much. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. What's interesting is what the first movie... I remember there was a feeling like, wow, there's a great movie in between all the stupid stuff. And you liked it. Mm-hmm. Where this is like, there's a lot of stupid stuff. There's some great visuals. They really are trying to go for a great movie because you've got every kind of thing. Like, at one point, Mark Wahlberg pulls a sword out, like, out of nowhere. He's King Arthur out of nowhere. It, it, there's so much that made no sense. The drones look like TIE fighters. I'm like, yes. okay. Very like, Star Wars. Very Star Wars. I saw everything. Everything was in this. Like, there was some Lord of the Rings in here. <laughs> there's, like, yes. there's a C-3PO character in here. If you saw it's Wonder Woman, it's reminding uh, Wonder Woman. Even, even what was that movie, Short Circuit? There's a Short That's Circuit. That's right. There was a Short Circuit. <laughs> they included Latinos. They included blacks, the Asians. I mean, they threw every single ethnic, you know, robot character you could. And why is John Turturro in Cuba? Yeah, what is up with John Turturro? That was terrible. It was just a bad. Like, okay. Sitting around on the beach. There were so many characters. So this was like the reunion of all the Transformers folded up into one. Along with a lot of other Hollywood uh, summer movies. But you know, ultimately, guys, uh, as we're leaving here, the IMAX theater. uh, Final thoughts. Final thoughts, Bailey. Uh, Red box movie. Red box movie. Okay, Mike. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. I think that this will probably, if the the last one made one point one billion, I think this will make easily that much. I think they've all been too long. Uh, The last quarter of the film, I had no idea what the heck was going on. I don't. I I, no idea. I I didn't know what the mission was. (laughs) I didn't know why the Marines were in there to begin with. I just felt like. You know, and there were some huge plot holes in there too. Oh, there tremendous! Some huge. In the water in the ship. They didn't explain that. The, they didn't explain the that. From? Exactly. Yeah, the underwater scenes made no sense. There's so much that made no sense here. And then we should also talk about the 3D. There are two moments, two moments where I had to remove my glasses because the amount of action at such a close-up. Yeah. What was was making me dizzy? The the close up scenes with the 3D and the fast paced action. Honestly, I, I wanted I to throw up my popcorn, man. You see, I agree. That's what's interesting about that is that's what Michael Bay was afraid of with doing 3D. He said for his type of filmmaking, he didn't. It, think it doesn't make yeah. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense to. And he was right. Michael right. Bay was right. But I will say this, you know, I, I, I was curious because he had said on the fourth one he wasn't going to come back. So I felt like, all right, what has this got? Oh, he threw everything he yes. had at this. Every bad idea. Every well, good no, idea no, that turned out to be a bad idea. It was a writer's room led by Akiva Goldsman. And that writer's room had 12 writers in there, okay? <laughs> and those 12 writers, they came up with this. Yes. Which is the first of supposedly 12 films, Transformers. Spinoffs, Bumblebee movie, prequels, you know. And Steven Spielberg, shockingly, is an executive producer in this film. Still, he's been from the very beginning because he loves 
you can feel the Spielberg because this movie is very family oriented. It's for kids. Yeah, it's for kids. You got kids, Bailey? No, I don't. But did it make you feel like a kid? Yes, it did. I felt like I was watching a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. A Saturday morning cartoon. I think that that's what they were going for. All right, so as we're walking out out of the IMAX theater, uh, should people go see it? Uh, on Redbox. Redbox. <laughs> Mike, should people go see it? I, it? See, here's what I would temper that my answer would be. If you love Transformer movies, definitely. This, I think they hit that tone. Whatever made the films work, this has got right. it. This has got it. Visually epic. Visually it's, 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 it's a lot of fun, but guys, expect not to understand. I... Most seventy-five percent of was going in. I thought it was me. No, no. Twenty-five. I, last last quarter of the movie. I, I had no idea what was going on towards the end. I was like, guys, you know what? I just surrendered just in the confusion, around. in what was Who going on. Who were they fighting? It's like what are the Megatron is still alive. Optimus Prime is bad, but then he, you know, it, it, it was how they they kind of tied everything so quickly in every single scene. It was too much. It was overload. This so was an hour and forty nine minutes. No, two hours and twenty nine minutes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One hundred and forty nine minutes. One hundred and forty nine minutes. One hundred and forty nine exactly. minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yes. It was very long. So, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, a review, literally coming out of the movie theater. Of the movie theater, as we just finished seeing Transformers the last night. Uh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Bye. Before we wrap up the show, here are some new songs you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. Don't be afraid to catch feels. Ride your cup and chase thrills. Feels. Calvin Harris, Pharrell Williams, Katy Perry, Big Sean. Películas, cohetes. Perfect places, Lord. And that's a wrap for our 37th episode of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Alberto El Patron, president of Combate Americas, and Mike Sargent for coming on the show. And I want to thank you guys, as always, for listening. We want to hear from you. Send me a tweet at Jack Rico Official and let us know what part of the world you're listening from. If you like the show, please tell your friends to subscribe and share. See you again next Friday on another episode of BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.